Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Nightly. And today, our first week of Bye Weeks with Bayou, we're going to welcome <laughs> Corey, the Bayou Benders, on. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. So, if you can't tell, we're recording this at, like, really late at night. Um, we both wanted to connect and we're going to start doing this more frequently. Like I said, every bye week we're going to have Corey on maybe in between two, but this will be the consistent one just because, you know, we love talking Montreal. We get along pretty well and we just think it's good content for you guys too. We enjoy doing it. So really to have you on again, buddy. Yeah, man, it is truly an honor to get back on here. Uh, you know, it's, I guess give the fans a little something to be bright about with, uh, you know, it's, it's not coming from the officials uh, helping us in the games or anything. So why not just give the fans a little something to look forward to? Yeah. And, you know, speaking of that, um, you know, I freaked out about the Boston game with Sedano Chara. I thought that was an absolutely horrible call. And of course the NHL refs had to hear me and make it 10 times fucking worse in Dallas. I mean, <laughs> do do you want to start with that or should I? Because I don't even know where to begin. Dude, uh, dude take the reins. <laughs> I mean, I think to sum it all up, when a ref is telling Brendan Gallagher, our basically our captain right now, as Weber's out, to go fuck yourself, that that's kind of what the refs have been saying to Montreal all year. They've just been absolutely giving it to us, and they've been bad across the league, league like league wide in general, but. There's actually a great clip, if you can find it, on Twitter of Claude Julien. Um, if you read his lips, he said, they're fucking us again or something like that. <laughs> like He was like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I, I forget exactly what it was, but you can read his lips, and he's just like, god damn these guys. And he's getting frustrated. He actually, at the end of the game, said, you know, I'm good at calling out my team, but we played against two teams tonight. And... You know, make no excuse, make no mistake. Montreal blew a three nothing lead. Like they blew a lead, we get it. But they had a Dallas had a lot of help from the refs, and man, it's just I don't know. It's just frustrating. That, that's my kind of piece on it. I don't want to say make excuses and say that you know that's why we lost or anything. But I think it was definitely a big part of it. Yeah, no, we blew a lead, but at the same time, it's like. Um... You know, uh, it might not have gone overtime. You know, there they were, they were ample opportunities for us to go on the power play. Now, granted, you know, we're not the best on the power play, but 
I mean, dude, a chance is a chance, you know, and we haven't been getting it as of late. And this isn't the first game where we lose by one goal, you know, that we've been fucked by, uh, you know, missed calls. So it, it really doesn't help. No, and, like, you see calls like that Joel Armia or Yoel Armia call where he just got blatantly tripped. You think, like, I'm sitting at home, and last night I was drunk out of my mind watching the hockey game, and I knew that that was a penalty. So (laughs) the professional referee making hundreds of thousands of dollars, that is your job standing five feet away can't call that a penalty like i just think that's fucking ridiculous man i mean dude it's it's just blatantly bullshit like you call whatever the fuck you want like it is what it is it's it's a lack of of either paying attention or care you know yeah sooner or later someone's gonna get really fucking hurt and they're gonna miss a call you know it's gonna be a dangerous fucking hit or something like that, and someone's really going to get injured, and they're you know they're gonna they're gonna fuck up, and it's gonna fall on them. But how many how many missed calls is it gonna take until something like that happens? You know, exactly. And you know, say what you want, but teams take notice. Like we see all that shit with the Houston Astros and baseball, and I'm not saying hockey's like that, but teams know. You're telling me teams don't know that they can get away with shit playing against Montreal. Like guys notice that shit and. You know, they're going to start taking runs at Montreal's players. And with George fucking Peros in charge of the Department of Safety, like, we don't even need to get into that. But, you know, guys aren't protected, like you said. And someone's going to get hurt. Something's, something bad is going to come of this. And then who's going to be laughing? You know, it does. the two points that a win gives you, or I guess the point that Montreal lost, aren't in the big picture. It's protecting the players and when the refs are just blatantly ignoring these obvious calls, it it's a safety risk as well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look at, you know, we can bring it up one last time. Like, uh, look at Gallagher and, and um, Zidane Ochara, right? So Shane, we just talked about it on uh, Devil's Advocates. Shane says that there's a little bit of embellishment coming from Brendan Gallagher. And I can get where he's coming from, but at the same time, it doesn't make that any less – dangerous of a hit with Zidane Ochoa being so big like that's just like he's he doesn't have to like do anything like that is chest level for him to hit him right in the jaw like what if that shatters his jaw you know yeah and if you look at that I don't I feel if that was I'm just gonna use him because he was in the if that was a Vander Kane that did that to Brendan Gallagher that's an easy suspension oh yeah because he's targeted at this point you know yeah it's ridiculous. They, it should just be consistent. This is the rules, not these are the rules for some of you. Here's the rules for some of you. It's just, it's just bullshit at this point. Yeah, and I mean, like, I find that it's like they, they allow shit to happen on, like, Gallagher. And, like, there's just many people in the league that's like Gallagher. But, like, people like him that, that like, you know, they, they play that really uh, – that grinding game up front, they get a lot more shit done to them that doesn't get called. You know, exactly. Um, and I find that they, they see him getting hit like that. And they're like, well, he probably deserved it. Cause he said something. It's like, dude, it doesn't fucking matter. Make the call. Yeah. And I personally, I like rough NHL hockey. I like the fights. I like the hits, 
but you know that's not the way the NHL is anymore. They're going to they're cracking down on everything, but if they're going to do that, they have to make it consistent. And you know, to use an example, I my least fucking favorite player in the NHL is Brad Marchand, but in all fairness to him, it's kind of similar to Gallagher. That guy gets hit a lot too and just whacked with the stick and stuff. And it would be called on guys like Crosby or McDavid or Austin Matthews. And he doesn't get the calls either because of that reputation. And I just think yeah, that, cause it, yeah, they see him out there like a pest, you know, like, like a Sean Avery, you know, they're like, well, it's, he probably deserved it. And it's like, dude, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's not the playground. You, this is pro sports. You're a professional. Take your job seriously. Yeah, it's bullshit, you know. But, uh, I mean, Brendan Gallagher is just going to get up and fucking continue doing what he's doing, and that's that's what makes him great. But it's still we're, – we're not – we're losing games on our own. We don't need you guys to make it fucking worse. Like, you guys are supposed to – if there's a chance for us to have an advantage, as in you fucking make it a call – then, like, we fucking deserve that. You know, like, we're already shit in the bed for ourselves, but these missed opportunities to go on a power play really fuck us. Exactly. And say what you want about, you know, it's just, oh, it's just a shove. It's it's not that painful. But look at Brendan Gallagher, and he's, what, 26? All the wrist and hand injuries he's had. Mm-hmm. You can't tell, try to convince me for a second that a, at least the tiniest part of that isn't from getting slashed in the hands all the time. Dude, I, I still think – I'm sure that he's still got, like, a, his – I still think that, like, his main injury on his – I want to say it's his right hand is from that uh, Johnny that, that Johnny Boychuk slap shot he took, like, fucking four or five years ago. Yep. And then it's just he's never had time to heal because watch Gallagher in a game and see how many times he gets slashed across the wrist. Right, and he doesn't – he's not a guy to take it easy uh, in the offseason at all no so there's, there's no like real break for this guy and it's it's definitely concerning when you look at how young he is he just seems old because he's been around for fucking ever but man when he's 30 you know 32 33 what are his what are his risks gonna look like like is he gonna have a life after hockey and i know it, it sounds a very big picture but i do think it needs to be noticed just so we don't sound like like I get that we probably sound like big homers here bitching about the refs, you know, our team, this and that, but it's a, it's well, they, a league They do it to issue. a lot of fucking teams. Yeah. It's yeah. not just us. This just happens to be the Montreal Canadiens fucking podcast. Exactly. It's a league wide issue. I think it's obviously I'm going to think it's particularly bad for Montreal, but you know, I've had other people in the hockey world say, yeah, Montreal kind of gets fucked by the refs. I don't know what it is. It just it's something that I think they need to definitely discuss in the CBA coming up. They need to solve this. Yeah. Uh it it's getting it's getting fucking bad, dude. It it really is. And um you know, we it's it's about to get to a fucking lawless turn and then they're gonna they're gonna change it when people are starting to fucking a chop at fucking knees and, and you know, slew foot and they'll come back. It's like they need to get on top of this before it's too fucking late. And someone gets like injured beyond like coming back from the NHL. Yeah, I it's I think it will be looked at definitely at the end of the season too. I don't think this is going to be something the NHL is going to ignore. I just think it's weird to see that the way the NHL is going, you know, speed and skill, they're kind of grits dying. It's weird to see this kind of resurgence of 
you know, just dirty hockey going unpunished. Yeah. Um, it's just been a fucking bad year for calls, dude. I thought last year was bad, and this one, this one's just – it's just taking the cake. Yeah, but, you know, maybe a little less complaining. Let's <laughs> – we'll actually fucking look <laughs> at the game. I don't even want to really – Man, it's tough, but um, let's pretend all that bullshit didn't happen. Montreal, a team supposedly, although we all know they're not in the hunt, um, they like to act like they are, goes into a game and blows a 3 nothing lead when every single point is so necessary to making the playoffs. And I don't know what needs to change. I think... Terry Price played extremely well for most of the game. You know, as a whole, the team played really well for most of the game. Nick Suzuki was doing Nick Suzuki things, just kind of driving the play. He's just been getting better every game. Well, I honestly can't see a solution to this. I don't know why they keep breaking down. It's all season long, and I just – I don't know if it's a culture thing. I don't know if you what your opinion is on that. Like, I just – as a fan, it's so fucking frustrating to watch. It just sucks when we're fucking like we start the game off well, you know. We get the first fucking goal, and not just that. In in a, in a Stars game, we get all three of our goals uncontested. You know, I think what really fucks us is is our faceoff percentage is, is is up and down. It's never fucking constant. Uh, our fucking power play has been, you know, not I guess irrelevant. I mean, our hits were up, but I, I find that our hits are only going up because. Because we're getting fucked over so goddamn bad, dude. So, like, certain games we just go out and say, fuck it. You know, uh, we're kind of losing it, so we just play chippy. You know, we're not, we're not – we're getting missed calls. So, we, we try anything to try to stay in the game, you know. I mean, dude, stars in general, we gave up the puck 25 fucking times, dude. Like, Man. How do you, you can't win like that. No, and it's – it's the last-minute goals. I think I might be remembering wrong. Like I said, a little bit faded. There was a last-minute goal against Dallas too, right? I believe they let one in the last minute of the game, and they've let something like 18 last-minute goals <laughs> so far in the season. You can't do that as an NHL. You know, as a team in any league, if you're playing fucking double-A midget hockey in – I don't know, Peterborough, Ontario, in the middle of buttfuck nowhere, you don't let a last-minute goal in. Like, that's not – it's just – it baffles me that this team is – I think the best way to describe it is consistently inconsistent in literally everything they do. I don't think they have an identity at this point. Like, are they contending next year? Are they rebuilding? I think, you know – it's it's me and you have both been trying to be very hopeful about this season and in regards to next season. But as a fan, not even just an analyst, I'm getting to the point where I'm thinking, is it time we just strip it down? You know, I, you just did the New Jersey devils podcast. You saw what they, the devils got for Blake Coleman. Men's got 31 points on the year and they got a first round pick and a B level prospect. What could yeah. we get for Thomas Tatar? And it's fucked, dude. It's like it's it's someone I'm not really interested in moving, but at the same time, it's like where, you know, if we if if this is the season to get great returns 
for average players, you know, there's got to be people on this team we can move, you know. We can at least take a shot with. Yeah, like, I honestly, personally, I don't want to move Tatar. I really like Tatar. I think he's embraced the city. I think he's a great player. But, you know, there is a point where if someone offered me a shit ton of picks and prospects, I would move Carey Price. You know, no player is untouchable completely. So if, I think anyone can be moved for the right price. And I think Bergeron's got to take a look. You know, if he doesn't sell at least one or two players at the deadline or before this season, he's doing something wrong because this team is not a playoff caliber team. Well, we know how he is. We know that he's capable of moving uh, people that you wouldn't expect to move. Um, and I think what's fucked up is that he's he's promised, like, you know, like a playoff push, and the team isn't capable of that right now. You know, there's too many there's too many mishaps that, that are stopping us from doing that. And at what point is his job going to be start – when is his job going to start being questionable – you know, um, I think that Primo is, is pretty much ready. I think, you know, if Carey Price was the move, we'd have to bring in a decent uh, backup goalie, like someone like Hadobin, someone to share the, the you know, the weight with. But, um, you know, I think Bergeron has made some great, some great moves. But, um, you know, these moves are coming with the cost of not, not really having a successful seasons anymore. So, you know, where does that leave us? How much longer does he have with us, you know, until we gotta until we gotta fucking find the new GM? And we all know how painful that's gonna be because in Montreal they've got the stupid you gotta be French rule to do anything, which you know, kind of off topic, but such an unnecessary handicap for a professional sports organization. But getting back to your point, I it's think fucking that's whack. Yeah. I'd rather keep Bergevin than Julian. So. Exactly. And I think just getting back to your point about, you know, where, where do we see Bergevin even next season? I think I agree with you. He's made a bunch of really good moves. You know, that Max Domi trade, Domi's having a iffy year, but you know, he's had his moments definitely doing better than Galchenyuk is. He's, you know, off in Minnesota, who knows where he'll be. Next year, maybe he'll be out of the NHL. Um, Weber, you know, when he's not injured, you get to deal with Subban all the time. So you, we've seen how that trade plays out. He's made very good deals. It's just I don't think he has a direction for this team. Right. I think if he, yeah, if he were to pick a direction, I think he could, you know, do a good job in building towards it. But I don't know if he's rebuilding or if he's competing, and I don't think we can do both. Yeah, man, it, it's a fucking shame because it's like he's made great picks, but there's there's no, like, outline as to what we're doing with him, you know. Okay, we're bringing in great players, but we're still playing the the same style. We're, we're, we're bringing in fucking coaches that, that already haven't worked out in this fucking system. Mm-hmm. For what? Because they're bilingual? Montreal could have had Gerard Gallant. And I think Claude Julien is honestly maybe a Hall of Fame level coach. Like He's a very good coach, but I don't know if he's the guy you bring in when 
your rebuilding team. He's definitely a guy you bring in for a veteran competing, going to be in the playoffs team. That's Claude Julian knows how to work with veterans, but we've seen in the past just in Boston with Tyler Sagan. Sagan got driven out of that town largely due to Claude Julian. And I think you kind of, we kind of saw that a bit with Kotkaniemi this season. Um, Julian started benching him and Kale Fleury in favor of veteran fourth line, third line grinders. Right. And yeah, in the he, case, he, yeah. He just wants more, more, I wouldn't say defensive oriented, but more, yeah, like more hitting, like a more physical aspect of the game. It's like, dude, that's fine if you have offense, uh, yeah. which is something we're struggling in right now. So it's like, uh, Shane made a great point earlier is that, you know, this team's not making the fucking playoffs. Um, we like uh, Nazardine over in, in New Jersey, so we don't see a need to have another coach. So fucking move Julian and pick up Gallant. Gallant is is well liked by players, but he's a no he's a no shit um, type of coach. Like you're not gonna get over on this guy. He's gonna come in. He's gonna tell you what the fuck to do. It's like boot camp, and he could he can change a team's you know future, and he might be a way to save us from having to to make a rebuild. You know. Well, he's done it twice. We look at what he did in Florida, and the only reason they fired him was, from what I got, it was a while ago, but it was a change in culture. They wanted to be more analytical. Yeah. Gallant wasn't about that. And then I don't even know what the fuck was going on in Vegas, why they fired him. They're, they were doing fine when he – they were like a point out of second or something. It was definitely yeah, um, an odd situation. You know, from from listening to podcasts and reading shit, basically when the new the new heads came in, they wanted to bring in some guy of their own, and he was he was brought in by the previous guy or some shit. Um, look, Gallant and Julian share the same aspect as they want a physical game, but Gallant can actually coach, and Julian has just coached teams that have been like well off. It's like. Um, it's like Babcock. Babcock came in to a to uh, Detroit, who had amazing talent. He did the same thing in Toronto. Like he can, you know, he's never like really built a fucking team. Mm-hmm. And I think Galan has has taken twice teams with with uh, potential that have been built around him. You know, like while he was there, so he's not just coming into a team that's that's well put together and all he's got to do is just tell him to fucking change the lawn. Like he's, he's gone out there and have turned teams into fucking like, like what we were talking about in the beginning of the season. Like these aren't all stars, but they're playing as a team and they're doing better than them. Yeah. And I think maybe kind of an underrated thing when we talk about Julian, I don't know if he's a guy that you have in a, rebuilding roster. I don't think he's a young players coach. You know, I think he butts heads with Domi. Domi, say what you want, is still a young guy. You know, he's still in his developmental. He can get a lot better. Kakini, I just, I don't think he's a young guy's coach. I think because he's so big on the defensive aspects of the game, when you're trying to grow a player, he's not willing to accept the fact that rookies and young players are going to make mistakes and that's how they grow. So they're not able to in his system because he'll bench them. A guy like Jared Gallant, like 
we, he went into Vegas and we saw William Carlson have like an insane year where he was top 10 in scoring. I had never like an average NHL fan had never heard of William Carlson before that. No. And now, now everybody fucking calls him wild bill. Exactly. You know? That's what Gallant can do. And I think obviously we're spitballing here, but something needs to change, whether that's Julian and we bring in Gallant. I think that's a very viable option. I like it. Um, I mean, like I said, both play, both coach a very physical style of game. One is more, a, a you know, a team coach, and one is just a fucking dickhead, and that and that's what we got. You know, I think I think it's time that we 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 cut the bullshit of of having French oriented fucking coaches and and just organization and period, and you bring in something fucking different. This dude can make a difference for your team. Yep, but I think the issue is it won't happen. <laughs> I mean, fuck, dude. If if they if if Bergevin wants to stay stick around, I think that might be his best fucking option because they're not going anywhere right now. You know, if anything, we're about to dump off someone that that is important to us because we're gonna try to, you know, not make a rebuild. We're gonna try to, you know, buy buy a fucking player and see if that helps. I mean, how many times can we fucking do that until? It gets so bad that we have to rebuild because our team's getting older. Like Claude Julian belongs on someone like Nashville, where you know the average age is like twenty-eight fucking years old. Like it's just a bunch of old-ass veterans there, and this team has a lot of youth that is going to get fucked over because of some guy's old man mentality. Yeah, and I think what we're saying here, we're not saying Claude Julian's a bad coach. We're just saying he doesn't he's a fit bad coach. Team. Yeah, not for this team. I just don't think it works. Because even when we look at his um his playoff run when he took over, a lot of that was paved by Michelle Terrian, that team. You know, he took up over right before the playoffs. And I don't know how much credit he can actually take for that. I'm pretty sure they were still using Terrian's scheme. And Terrian had a bunch of fucking issues, don't get me wrong. But since Claude Julian's been here, the last few seasons, it's been disappointment, to say the least. I mean, just how many how many times are we going to go back to these two guys? Like, yeah, it's not it's not fair to the organization, and you, you're ruining your prospects. It's not fair to the fans either, because this team is just consistently pouring out the same shit. You know, I get that at the start of the season every year under Claude Julian at least, they have come out and they've played a different brand of hockey. It's been exciting. It's been fun to watch. I said it last year at the start of the year. I said it this year when they were winning a bunch of games. And then once they start getting success, it's almost like he reverts back to his Boston days. And yeah. just boring, predictable hockey and it that you can't win that way. I mean, just to be honest, it's, it's fucking it's frustrating. You know, we have talent, and we just put them out there, and there's no direction. You know, there's there's no – we just seem lifeless out there. You know, like we're getting fucked by the refs. You know, we're fucking ourselves uh, towards the end of games, and there's no coaches fixed. There's no, you know, um, 
next day drills that that help help our game at all. We just play a stagnant game that everybody knows how to play against at this point. Yeah, exactly. And even us talking about it, like I'm fucking defeated, man. I'm sure you can tell in my voice. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't even know what to say at this point because this team, I I don't know where we're going. If if Montreal and I hate to say that Toronto did something right. But I think Toronto did their rebuild right. They went out and said, we're going to be shit for a few years. And look at them now. You know, Toronto's soft. I don't think they'll ever win until they make some changes. But they're one of the better teams in the NHL when they're playing good. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. If Montreal could just suck it up and say, we're going to suck. not They're a tweener team getting – because. They're not going to get Alexis Lafreniere. They're not going to get a top five pick, but we're not making the playoffs. So we're not going anywhere. No progress is being made from this season. And I just, I, we got lucky last year. We got Cole Caulfield 15th overall, but look at, look at our progress from last season. We've stayed the exact same, if not worse than where we were last year. I'm just saying I would want, a better coach to help like Nick Suzuki. Thank God he's doing good. Right. I mean, shit, he surpassed, uh, he's got like 37 points right now. And, uh, I read the other day, uh, he's the first Canadian to pass the 35 point mark as a rookie since Chris Higgins in fucking 2000, uh, 2006. So, <laughs> fucking you know, hell, do man. we, do we want fucking Coalfield to come in and have to deal with, with a defense-oriented coach that likes old, older fucking vets, like this is supposed to be our fucking future, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like I, that that type of shit fucking scares me, you know. Definitely, and I think at this point we're both agreeing that this team needs to build for the future. Would you say so? Yeah, uh, I think I think it's wise to to start, you know, moving pieces. Uh, whether it's fucking players and coaches or, or, or whatever, you know, like I think it's wise to do it now while we don't have to do a total fucking rebuild and we just need to add pieces. You know, we just need to fix up, like patch up this fucking team and not go total rebuild like New Jersey's about to do. Yeah. And I just, I totally agree with, what you're saying, I think it's about time, you know, and I just feel bad for Carey Price. I feel like we have legitimately wasted what could have been one of the best goalie careers of all time in the NHL. Carey Price is going to go down as one of the best goalies to ever live. And he might go down as one of the best goalies who was ever ringless. And I think that is, so sad, but it makes it even worse that he played for the Montreal Canadiens, a team that has had Jacques Plante, Patrick Waugh, just to name a few. It's, 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 it's almost shameful, you know. It's like to come so close to, to have seasons where we get second round, third round, you know, and just, just lose because we're fucking tired. You know, we, we play hard-ass teams just to, just to face a strong um, – Boston or, or, or an even stronger, uh, you know, Tampa Bay or Rangers, you know, like we just got 
you know, like we just got beat up and we'd go into the next round and just fucking be too tired or, or too hurt, you know? I will forever maintain that Chris Kreider won that New York Rangers series. It was fucked, dude. And I'd never want him on my team. I don't care. No. That most hated man in Montreal still to this day. It's bullshit. <laughs> but, you know, what can you do? Shit like that happens. And in the end of the day, aside from that season, because I think Price would have taken Montreal all the way, he was just that good that year. You know, this team realistically has never been strong enough. And I think that falls on management. And I think it falls on Jeff Molson because he needs to employ people who can bring the cub back to Montreal. It's been since 1993. Like this is such a long drought for the Montreal Canadians. Almost 30 years. I mean, dude, like, I hate to say it. It's like, dude, like, I want I want Canada to win the Cup. I would love it to be Montreal. Uh, I would love any team, really. Uh, Toronto probably being, my, like, my least favorite to fucking win it. But, you know, it's like, fuck, dude, we, we had a chance just literally within our grasp just years ago, you know. And it, it just – we just got fucked over and over. I, yeah, I don't even know where to go from here, man. Like, <laughs> like just... we, even, we even had uh, Tukarski, like, wasn't the best, but, dude, he was holding his own. It just feels like this team has never been built. It's always been built strong, and it's been built good enough to compete, but never strong enough to win. And I think at some point, we just need to say, and I think that point needs to be at the end of the season. Habs fans just need to recognize that we got to go through some pain so that we can get to the finish one day and actually win it. Yeah, I just think I just think we've we've put up with enough of it, you know. Uh, and it's time. And I guess my point was earlier was that we're so we're just like a couple of moves away from being back to a a, a third round team, a Stanley Cup Finals team. There's not that many things that we have to do to get back into that shape. We have the youth on our side, you know. It just takes that that big step moving fucking players like fucking, uh, I don't know, like like fucking Evans and picking up someone uh, like a Connor Sheary or like fucking, uh, what's his name, who's doing good in San Jose. He's not that old. Uh, Goodrow, you know. Dude's making not even a million dollars right now. I Yeah, definitely. And I think it also falls on just the culture of this team. At this point, I feel like it's been so engraved in losing these past few seasons that that's all – a lot of these guys on this team, that's all they know. When you look at the core of this team, Arturi Lekkanen – is an absolute core essential part of this team. He hasn't been part of a winning organization. You look at Kakaniemi and Suzuki, they both haven't been a part of it. You know, Max Domi came from Arizona. That is by far not the model of a winning organization. Um, 
Jonathan Drouin came from Tampa, but has played most of his career in Montreal. And that, that concerns me on a different level because look at the Edmonton Oilers. How many first overall picks have they had? They have McDavid and Dreisaitl, but because they have a losing culture, they cannot win a playoff series to save their life. Yeah, and we need to, we need to start working on it before we start falling into the um, like a Duchesne type of mentality with these young players. Like, I don't want to fucking play here, you know, yeah. because because we're not going anywhere. You know, it's either. Uh, uh, it's either Severson or it's uh, Vantanen said they, they don't want to play in New Jersey anymore. Yeah, and that's the issue with Jersey and Edmonton where it's it's just become a locker room issue because you win in the locker room just as much as you have to win on the ice. Yeah, like I was just talking about it. So it's like you got this one guy in New Jersey doesn't want to be that. Do you think that that's good for Jack Hughes or Nico Heischer or, like, someone who, who's struggling, like, Gusev right now, or Jesper Bratt. Like, no, dude, that's fucking horrible. Like, you got a, a divided team, you know, they're not going to gain anything from hearing, like, a, a veteran say that. Or someone who's, like, a, a, I guess a middle-aged player in the NHL, considering it's, like, you know, like, 19 to – I'd say a middle-aged player in the league would be, like, 20, 25 to 28 right now, you know? So mm-hmm. you want them to really fucking hear that? Like, dude, that's scary. Well, and look how long it took Alex Ovechkin to win a Stanley Cup, and he is one of the greatest players to ever lace up the skates. And that, you know, you can say it plays a lot of part, and he would refuse to play a two-way game. He was kind of selfish. But it was also because he was brought up in an organization. People forget the Capitals were not a good organization. They, It was a losing culture for a long time. When players are brought up in that, when they're raised in that atmosphere, Kakanyemi and Suzuki aren't going to know how to win. They're not going to know how to deal with those big moments. This team's going to be good in a few seasons. And if all the guys know is losing, they're going to do what the Leafs are doing now. They're going to blow every opportunity in big moments. Or what Edmonton's doing, they're not going to make it past the first round because they don't know how to handle the pressure. So you, you've got to build a winning culture just as much as you've got to build a winning roster. Yeah, it's frustrating. I mean, look, here's, here's another good person. Uh, Jean-Gabriel uh, Pagot. Dude's un, you know, unrestricted. He's 27 years old. Like, that'd be a great pickup for us, you know? Yeah, I mean, I hate Pajot just because he absolutely kills us, but... <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, dude, imagine like I mean, Ilya Kovalchuk looked dead, and I yeah. mean, granted, he's been like you know, he's had a zero on the sheet for the past four games, I believe. But you know, bring I would rather have him come over than like Chris Kreider. I, know, the, I don't think we would even make a move for him, but you know, there's people out there that can really make a difference on this team. I think the point we're both just trying to make is let's fucking do something. Yeah, <laughs> I've been sitting here. Wasting my time watching the Habs play hockey for my whole fucking life. And at the end of the day, they haven't done anything. Mm-mm. And, dude, there's some really good uh, unrestricted free agents. Like, I mean, yeah, like, I- I'm not interested in restricted. I'm not I'm not trying to bargain with a fucking team. Like, there's great talent out there right now that's easily picked. You know, we can pick them up. There's, there's people on our team that we can move. 
Yeah, man, I don't know. It's fucking frustrating. Um, I think we've kind of just bitched today <laughs> about <laughs> all our issues. Um, but honestly, I feel like we've probably hold a lot of the sentiments that a lot of other people have. You know, this team, at the end of the day, what we're trying to say is, fuck you, NHL officiating. And Mark Bergevin, fucking do something. At least that that's all I that's what I'm taking away from this because Yeah, do something before you get fucking before you lose your job. Like Yeah. He's not bad. Like he's not fucking amazing, but like dude, like the moves he's made have been beneficial. You know, so like why not build a culture around it instead of fucking wasting the the moves we made? Because if we fucking lose him then that means that everything that we've done where we've taken a team that's that was a you know a, a Stanley Cup capable team to where we are now because of him dude then if we lose him we lose all of that we lose everything that we lost our our fucking four piece you know defensive core you know <laughs> I mean, fuck dude we 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 miss out everything yeah and you think he'd have a good incentive, you know, his job security maybe? Like, Mark Bergman has lasted a long time in the NHL as a GM for someone who really hasn't accomplished a lot. And I just think that, um, personally, I think he's going to make a move. I think we're going to see a lot of shit happening at the trade deadline for Montreal. Um, I think if he's smart, you know, it, it hurts me. It really does to say that Petrie or Tatar needs to go. But when I look at the prices that Blake Coleman got or some other guys around the NHL, I think you got to move one of them just to get some picks in because this team, let's be honest, like they might make the playoffs next year, but realistically they're not going to win the cup. I think that sell high while you can get a bunch of picks in two or three seasons, we're going to be good anyway. Why not be even better? Yeah. Like, um, I mean, shit, if we got to move someone like uh, – like, if we got to do, it like, a player for player for, like, Jeff uh, Petrie, I mean, like, Matt Dumba's up there. So, like, you, you're literally it's – it's like a, a seven-year difference, you know, and he, he only makes, I think, uh, 0.5 million more. Mm-hmm. So – you know, there's 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 really good opportunities out there right now that can be. It's a short term fix that could work out in the long run for us. I think, and then even if you're not going for a player, if you're trading Jeff Petrie or Thomas Tatar for two first rounders and a prospect, that's only going to help us in the future, especially in this year's draft class, right? Like, yeah, we we. We've already talked about how good our prospects are. Like we had a whole fucking great conversation about it. Let's get them for when they transition in that they have a chance. Yeah. The athletic ranked Montreal's prospect pool the second best in the NHL. Fuck yeah. Only behind LA. And well, I don't then know we need we then we we really need to fucking make an atmospheric change so when they come in we have a future. Yeah, like look at guy like Alex Romanov. He's probably he said he's going to come to Montreal next year. But if I was in his shoes in Russia, making good money, playing for a team that wins the 
I think it's the Gregarian Gregarian Cup. Cup. Yeah, every single season. Why the fuck would I want to go to a foreign country where I don't speak the language to a team that's shit? You know, like why would I want to do that? It it affects all levels of the organization. There's just got to be some changes, you know. Uh, if we don't make if we don't make moves as far as players, then there needs to be moves in the office. And I'd rather see moves with the players right now than with the office. Like, yeah, I would like a coach change, but like, I wouldn't necessarily want to see Bergevin move. I think he's made great, great, he's made great deals and picks. Um, they've they've turned out really good. Um. You know, we got a we got a couple of weeks and we can see what happens with us. But uh, I just really hope we we move for the better. We make some positive movements. Yeah, I think. Well, we're going to be talking again, probably in two weeks' time, catching up. I'm going to assume we're going to be a little more energetic. We're both kind of just dead and defeated tonight. I mean, dude, it's just hard. Like, yeah. I, I, I already I already talk about one team that's fucking having a shit season, but they've already made the moves. We've gotten rid of Shiro. We've gotten rid of fucking uh, Haynes or Hines, whatever the fuck his name was. Like, and now they're moving the players. Like they know what they're doing. They've decided to make the yard sale. You know, the five fucking tabler. Like Montreal doesn't need to do that. There's just only a few things they need to do to make some moves that are beneficial for this team. Yeah, and they just – they seem to refuse to. Well, hopefully in two weeks we have something more exciting to talk about. Man, I honestly, I feel like something's going to happen. You know, two weeks is a lot of time for the refs to piss me off again and for <laughs> Bergman to do something. So we'll have some more shit to talk about. But, you know, thanks for coming on. Um, it's fucking late, so I just want to fucking go to bed. So sure yeah, you want to go to totally bed. Totally understand. Um, <laughs> look, so we're going to be doing this every two weeks. Like I said, you can follow Corey at the Bayou Benders on Twitter. Thanks again for coming on, man. Very excited to have you on more consistently. No problem, man. It's always a pleasure. Uh, go Habs. Let's, let's get some positivity. You know, this one was a slump, but it's like the team's playing bad. So two weeks, we'll have a lot more, uh, we'll be a lot more live, a lot more happy. Something's going to happen. Exactly, man. Anyway, thanks. So see you next time, big man. All right, bud.